Welcome back to The Greatness Blueprint. I'm Luke Austin, and today is the last episode of 2023. It's hard to believe that the year is already over. It's been a transformational year for me. There were a lot of things that went well, a lot of things that did not go well and had to learn some lessons through some of those tough times. And the goal of the episode today is to talk through that, right? We put out 20 episodes this year. This is episode 21 and want to reflect on each of those episodes, some of the key takeaways, plus some bonus takeaways from things that I've learned through books, through podcasts, and really enter the year with some new goals for 2024. So it's going to be a great episode. We're excited to be here today. I've got my daughter here, Logan. She's joining me for the intro, and we're excited about the episode ahead. So episode 21 of The Greatness Blueprint starts now. Yeah. Now, as we kick things off here, the goal is to talk through 23 lessons for 2023. And I've organized it in a way that most of it falls in the way that the episodes were shot. So lesson one is from episode one and so on. I've added in some bonus tips as well from things I've learned, like I said, through reading different books and audiobooks and different podcasts I listen to. So it's a variety of different lessons and tips from this year, but a lot of it falls into some of the podcast episodes that I put out this year. So for the first tip of the day, we go back to the first episode of The Greatness Blueprint kind of prefacing what I wanted to do with this podcast, right? And one of the early stories I talked about was one of my own self-limiting beliefs. And in that episode, there were two quotes that I put in, and I'll read those now. The first is, we would care less about what other people thought of us if we realized how rarely they did. And the second quote, most people are just miserable idiots. You're doing just fine. And for me, as I've wanted to do new things, historically, a lot of my hesitation has been around what will other people think of me? When I start this podcast, are people going to think I'm foolish for talking about some of these things, right? Are they going to talk behind my back? When in reality, most people aren't even thinking about you at all in their day-to-day, right? They're worried about themselves. They're worried about, hey, what about other people thinking about me, right? And so we often think that the world revolves around us and everybody's thinking about us and everybody's critiquing us. And for me, the biggest hurdle has been getting over that. And kind of reframing it to think, people aren't even thinking about me at all has helped me get over a lot of those hurdles. So if you're facing a turning point in your life, right? You're wanting to do something new. You're wanting to branch out. You're wanting to take that risk, but you're worried about what your family, your friends might think of you. Keep that in mind. We would care less about what other people thought of us if we realized how rarely they did. Moving on to lesson two of this year, and this was from episode two, and this was an episode about being more resilient. And the quote from this episode is, a true leader's reputation is earned during the storm, not the calm. And this quote came from Dirk Cutter. And this entire episode was based upon a conversation that one of my friends had with Dirk Cutter in Boise. It was kind of a live conversation where questions were going back and forth. I was able to learn a lot about the philosophies that Dirk Cutter had used throughout his coaching career. For those of you that don't know, he's an NFL coach, coached also at Boise State. And one of his philosophies was compete, right? Compete in everything that you do, right? Be the best. And one of the things that really stuck with me was true character and leadership are proven during challenging times, right? It's easy to 
kind of ride the wave when things are going really well. And there are times in life when things are going really well and it feels like nobody can stop us. But it's harder to get through some of those challenging times. So when the challenges strike, who are you? Do you buckle down? Do you get through it and grit through it? Or do you shrink back into the shadows and let the challenging times wipe you out? And for me, it's been... I've been on both sides of the coin where some of the challenging times have knocked me down. But I think through whether it's my athletic background or kind of always being counted out throughout my whole life, I've been able to build up a a level of grit that when things get tough, I know that I have a little bit of an edge because I've done it so many times. I've gotten through tough times so many times that I know Another tough time isn't going to knock me down. If you haven't felt that way, right? If you've struggled through tough times, it's not too late, right? You can redefine who you are, redefine your character. All it takes is taking the first step, right? The next challenge you face, do the opposite of what you would have done historically. Maybe historically you would have given up. Don't let it, don't let it take you this next time right? Grit through it and you'll slowly and surely redefine your character. Lesson three from 2023 was from episode three. And this episode was all about making sure you cherish the small moments in life. It's easy in our life to overlook all these small moments that we think are not important, right? And the quote from this episode was, Life is not margaritas on a beach in Jamaica. Your life is how you treat others at the breakfast table. And this came from Jordan Peterson. I think that sums it up so well, right? We go on these vacations, you know, once, twice, maybe three times a year, if we're lucky. And those are fun moments, right? But think back to when you were a kid. Right? It's not those flashy moments that you remember. Right, It's the times at home with your mom or your dad or your siblings running around in the front yard late at night until it's dark. Playing flea flicker. Maybe you're playing wiffle ball in the front yard. You hit a ball into the neighbor's backyard and you have to go sneak in there to make sure they don't see you. You're seven, eight years old. Those are the small moments. Those are the small moments in time that matter. And this has been an important reframe for me because, you know, for me, I like to move at a very fast pace. And often this means that I'm overlooking some of the small moments in life. Right? I'm always trying to be better. I'm always trying to get to that next goal. I'm always trying to keep improving. And as a result... Sometimes I forget the now. I forget to soak in the hug of my five-year-old daughter who, who knows when's the next time, you know, the last time that uh, I'll be able to pick her up, for example. Right? She's only little for so long. Or the last time that she'll run up to me in the classroom at school. Or the last time that she'll wave out the window and, and cry because I'm leaving school. Right, Those are small moments that if we don't recognize, it's easy to overlook. So as you reflect on your own life, are you living with those small moments in mind? Or are you overlooking them with hopes to achieve something greater in the future when the future is not even promised? I urge you to slow down, soak in the small moments of your everyday life, and your life will be better off for it. Lesson four, and this was from episode four, an episode where we talked a lot about mindset and kind of reshaping the mindset, the way you think about life, the way you think about your own self, your own goals. And the quote from this episode was, realize deeply that the present moment is all you ever have. And this kind of goes back to the previous 
point around enjoying the small moments, right? It's easy for us to let the situation control us, right? So we get into, maybe we're into a big project, right? At work. And for some reason it doesn't go well. And we internally, we internalize it. We say, man, I really messed up that project. I failed. I, you know, I could have done this better. I could have done that better. And you tear yourself down, right? Instead of saying, you know what? I gave it my best. I realized it didn't come out the way I wanted it to. Here's some things that I can do next time to make sure it goes better. But realizing that, look, it's a project at work. It's not your life. It doesn't define you, right? That self-talk can go one of two ways. In your mind, you can say, yes, I learned from this failure, this mistake, and I'm going to be better. Or you can say, man, now I am a failure, right? And let that control your mindset by just that small tweak to learn from some of those things you go through. It'll make you feel much better in your day-to-day life. Moving on to point five here, and this was from episode five, where we talked about leadership versus management. And the quote from this episode is, a person that inspires action for a greater purpose is a leader. And we compared leaders and managers, and we talked about the differences there, really with a heavy emphasis on being a leader, right? I think it's easy for us to overlook in our lives that we are all leaders in certain capacities, right? Whether it's at home, you're a parent and you're leading your children through their life, whether you're at church and you're leading worship, whether it's at work and you're a leader and you have a team of people that work for you. Maybe you're just a leader in your friend group, somebody who has a little bit more sway and speaks up a little bit more and lets the kind of group know where they're going, right? There are so many different ways that we can all be leaders in our life. But it's important to know that as we become leaders, we also have to own that being a leader is, is, comes with painting a vision for the people that you're leading. And for me, if I reflect on my own career at work, I have big visions for where I want my teams to go. And sometimes I don't articulate that very well. And because I don't help paint the vision, I have the vision, but I don't paint it effectively. There can be a disconnect between the team and myself. And so as you reflect on your own experience as a leader, are you taking steps to One, create the vision. If you have the vision, great. If you don't, that's your first step. Once you have the vision, are you painting it for people, sitting down, talking about it, right? Living that vision. If you're a leader and you want your community to be more vocal, you want your community to be more energetic, are you living that? Are you being more energetic? Are you speaking about that vision to your team? Right. So as you reflect, like I said, think about the areas where maybe you aren't quite painting the vision appropriately and how can you tweak the way that you articulate that to those around you. Next was from episode six. And this episode was all about saying no effectively. Right. And when I say saying no, it's really more about setting boundaries in different parts of your life. It can be easy for certain people that, and I know I'm one of them, that maybe is a people pleaser in some way or wants to avoid conflict sometimes, to simply say yes in a scenario, to end the conflict, to avoid the conflict, and to just move forward. But really what you're doing is you're just kicking the can down the road. And for me, it's been helpful to learn to say no more often. I've gotten to the point where it's almost my knee-jerk reaction to say no instead of yes. And that's a different conversation, but I think the point is having boundaries that you know and then articulating those boundaries allows you to be much more present in the moment. 
And one thing we talked about in this episode was the yes, no, yes framework. And this helps navigate certain conflict, right? So let's just say there's a specific example. You're at work, your boss is asking you to take on a big project and you know that it's going to put you over your capacity. The yes in this scenario would be, yes, I am going to look out for myself and not just my boss and my company. No boss, I cannot take on this project right now. Yes is going to be, but if you can help me prioritize the things that are currently on my plate and get some of those off to other people on the team, that would allow me to effectively take on this new task you're asking me to. Right? So to summarize, you're saying yes, I'm going to look out for myself. No, I cannot do this specific thing that you're asking, but yes, here's a middle ground where we can meet in the middle. That allows you to navigate really any situation of conflict where somebody is asking you for something or asking you to do something and coming to a mutual middle ground agreement. The next episode, we talked about the power of habits. And the quote from this episode was, Habits are the compound interest of self-improvement. I think this is so important because often we think that to, let's just say, for example, you're trying to get back into the gym. You're not going to want to go to the gym every single day. Matter of fact, you probably won't want to go to the gym most of the time. If I think about my own self. Like I enjoy the gym after I'm done at the gym, but I don't want to get up and go to the gym very often. Maybe 20, 25% of the time I actually want to go to the gym, but that doesn't mean I don't go because I've built the habit of going to the gym, taking care of myself. When my body feels good, my mind feels good. And that sets me up for success, right? So habits, it's not about the things that you want to do. It's about the things that you know you need to do. Doing what is required to be in good shape. You have to go to the gym. <clears throat> and so in order to start doing these habits, it's a matter of just simply setting a schedule and sticking to it. And so for me, it's, it's simple, right? When I was having struggles getting up in the morning, when I would hit snooze, five, 10 times, I said, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to change my habits. So my alarm would go off. The first thing I would do is I would get up and I would go brush my teeth. It was a small step, but it allowed me to say, I have to go brush my teeth in the morning. And that then as a result, woke me up. And then as a result, I was now able to go meditate, hit the gym, do the things that I needed to do as part of that habit building exercise. But it started small. It started with getting up when my alarm went off and brushing my teeth. And then it snowballed into making sure I make it to the gym every day. So what could that habit be for you? Are you trying to start a new habit? Start small. Maybe it's doing like I did and getting up when the alarm goes off and not hitting snooze and going and brushing your teeth. Next lesson is from episode eight. And in this episode, we talked about life's transitions, all of the change that we're constantly dealing with, right? We're always going through these different seasons in life, seasons of maybe sadness or grief and then happiness where everything seems like, you know, it's on cloud nine and nothing's going to go wrong. And then you go back down into these different seasons, right? And so we talked about the different ways that you can navigate that change. And the quote from this episode was, change is hard at first messy in the middle, and gorgeous at the end. I think this sums it up, right? We're always going to go through change in our life. So it might be you're changing careers. And it's really tough at first to leave that job that you've been in for so long. In the middle, you're trying to figure out what's next for you. That's pretty messy. But then you find something that you're really passionate about. You get a new job and you love it. And you're back into a new season where things feel great. I think the most important thing about navigating these seasons is, are you taking it as an opportunity to learn? And for me, the last season that I came out of was a season of recovery, right? I ruptured my Achilles, a full rupture earlier this year, beginning of May. 
And it forced me to slow down. It forced me to take stock of where do I want to go now? I could have just said, you know what, the person I was before the injury, I'm just going to be the same person after. But I knew that I had to change. I was going too fast. My life was too fast paced. How could I be more intentional with my life through the recovery that then sets me up for being that way afterwards? Right. So that allowed me to start this podcast, right? Do things that allowed me to succeed and chart a new course forward. So I urge you, if you're going through a transition in life, what are the things that you can learn from it? Whether you're in a really high point, right? What is making your life great right now? Focus on those things. Maybe you're at a low point. What are the things that you've learned from this period of time? And how can you make sure that you're taking those lessons into the next season of life? The next episode was my first guest episode, episode nine. And this is when I brought on my good friend, Rob Mackesy. And was so thrilled to have him on as the first guest on the podcast. It was great time just you know, having a conversation with him. It felt just like a conversation with a friend, right? And that was the goal. We talked a lot about him coming from the Midwest out to Idaho to chase his dreams of, of playing college football and hopefully playing in the NFL and then spending some time in Idaho after graduating college and then traveling back to the Midwest to prioritize being with his family. And as he came home to the Midwest, focusing and building one of his lifelong passions, something that he defines as part of his family legacy, which is fishing, right? And he's competed in some professional tournaments. He, you know, has some, some very impressive sponsors, just an overall impressive dude. One of my best friends, somebody who I look up to because he chases his dreams. He doesn't let his dreams get pushed off to the side. He goes full in on them. And one of his goals this year was to catch 25 muskies before the end of the season. End of the season is December 31st today, and he caught 29. And for every fish that he caught, he's donating $10 to the ALS Foundation for ALS Research. I'm in on that with him. I'm going to match his donation. So proud of him for achieving that goal. But such a great conversation talking about some of the ups and downs that he's had in his life. Right, Coming out to Idaho State, feeling a little bit alone, finding his way in a new city, in a new state, and coming home to be with his family and chase some of his dreams. And the quote from Rob was, at the end of the day, you live one time. When you take your last breath, that's it. Your dreams aren't going to chase themselves. You have to go out and get it. So if you've been thinking about chasing something new, chasing a dream, chasing a passion, what's holding you back? I know for me that I've sat on the sidelines because I thought, oh, someone's going to judge me for this or it might fail. It's not going to fall into your lap. You got to go out and get it yourself. If you haven't watched the episode with Rob, I highly encourage it. It was a great episode and look forward to having him back on the podcast soon. The next lesson was one that was not part of my podcast that I put out, but something that was really a foundation for me this year. And I learned this through the Modern Wisdom podcast. Uh, Chris Williamson was talking with Alex Hormozzi. And one of the quotes was, you don't become confident by shouting affirmations in the mirror, but by building a stack of undeniable proof that you are who you say you are. Outwork your self-doubt. And I think this just goes along with anything you're trying to do in your life, right? We often think that we're just going to be confident by saying we're confident. I'm confident, of course. But when we're trying new things, we're not going to have the confidence yet. As I look back on my first five, 10 episodes of the podcast, I can see that I wasn't confident with who I was behind the camera doing this yet because I hadn't built the proof. I'm still building that proof, but I'm 20 episodes in and a lot more confident with who I am. That goes for anything you're trying to do. Your first day in the gym after a long hiatus, you're not going to have the proof. But if you get a week down and you go five times, that's proof. You get another week down, that's five times. You have more proof. 
right? If you're doing anything hard, know that you can't just say you're going to be confident. You can't just say, I'm going to do it. Go build the proof. Know that it takes some trial and error and some failure along the way, but build the stack of undeniable proof that you are who you say you are and outwork your self-doubt. Great quote from Alex Ramosi and one that I'm going to continue to live as I move forward. The next lesson from episode 11 of the podcast, this was life lessons from a five-year-old. And this was from one of the trips I took with my daughter to the Oregon coast this summer. We got to spend some time with the family, but also we're able to spend some time with just me and her for a few days out on the Oregon coast by ourselves, building sand castles. We built a sand mermaid. We built a sand starfish. Um, we got to run around in the sand, find lots of shells. It was just a great trip. Perfect for a young kid and for me too, right? Just enjoying the time together out there one-on-one. And as I reflected on that trip as I was driving home, it made me realize that kids are so pure, right? We get, as adults, so caught up in our jobs and our finances and everything that goes on in life. But five-year-olds don't have that pressure on themselves yet. Building the sand starfish, right? And taking the time to put together all the little shells that it takes to put those things together, right? And then coming back the next day and seeing somebody destroy your beautiful creation. And she said, you know what, dad? It's okay. We'll just build another one, right? And coming from a five-year-old, that's amazing. I could have said, you know what? I'm so frustrated that somebody came and stomped. Why would they do that? She said it perfectly. It's okay, dad. We can build another one. And that's how we should all live our life, right? We're going to go through these, these times when things don't go our way, but it's okay. It's okay, dad. We can do it again. It's okay. You can try again. Right. So as you look at your life, are there things that you get caught up in as an adult that maybe if you looked at it from a different lens, from a kid's lens, could you tackle it in a different way? Moving on to lesson 12. This was from episode 12. This was my second guest episode this year with my sister, Lily Austin. We talked about mental health. She's a mental health counselor and brought a lot of her expertise to the table. And one of the key quotes is, people feel shame for things that seem not normal. And the idea of being not normal is a weird concept because it's a human-made construct, right? And there's a lot of different ways you could take this, right? Society has created this, this version of men and women and children of what normal should be. And we're kind of put into this box of try to be normal. Try not to deviate away from what normal is. And in reality, when you deviate away from being what normal is, you find some really cool things. A perfect example of what society thinks is normal is for men to be tough and not show their feelings and show their emotions. Right? Keep it all bottled up. And I fell into that trap before. But throughout this year, as I've talked with friends and family and have started to open up and share my emotions and share some of the things that I've been feeling, I've realized that a lot of other people feel the same way. And when you start to go against what is normal, you realize that a lot of people also want to do that, right? They want to share their feelings. A lot of the men I talk to, they're like, you know what? I also have been through a lot. And I've bottled it up in my past too because I wanted to be tough. So trying to break through some of those societal norms can really help you open up and share and realize that there's a community of people that are going through the very same thing. The next episode and lesson 13 was from my episode with Elise Martindale, one of my friends. We talked about budgeting and finances. And a quote from this episode is, budgeting isn't a restriction. It's a plan permission to allow you to spend, right? So for Elise, she puts a line item in her budget every month that allows her to spend a certain amount on clothing. That's something that she really enjoys. Maybe for you, you really like shoes and you want to put shoes in your budget. And so you spend 
100 bucks, 200 bucks on shoes every month. This allows you to, within control, still do the things you want, give your permission to give yourself permission to do the things you want and buy the things you want, but without sacrificing the other goals that you have financially as well. So if you don't have a budget today, I highly urge you put one together. For me, the biggest thing for the first month I ever did it was putting down all of your expenses, all of your different sources of income, tracking every dollar in and out. Once you can do that for a month, then you can then say, all right, I'm either bleeding money every month or I'm in a surplus. And so if you're bleeding money, you can say, all right, these are the things I need to cut out. This is where I need to be a little bit more thoughtful with my spending. If you have a surplus, all right, what are you doing to thoughtfully invest that, save that, so that you're setting yourself up for retirement in the future? It was a great episode. A lot of tips from Elise on how she's been able to be successful with her finances. If you haven't checked it out, I highly urge you to. Our next lesson, lesson 14 from this year, was all about self-doubt and my Achilles injury. Earlier this year in May, like I said earlier, I fully ruptured my Achilles. and it was tough. The first couple days, I was feeling a little bit down, right? I knew that there was a long road ahead for me, usually six to 10 months for an Achilles injury to get back to full strength. And a lot of the things that I love to do, I, I couldn't anymore, right? It was the beginning of our softball season. I signed up for three different teams, two, two co-ed and one men's league team. That's the only city league sport I still play. So the fact that I couldn't do that this season, it hurt. Couldn't pick my daughter up and carry her around like I always love to do. I have stairs into my house, so I had to crutch in and out of the stairs. Pretty difficult. And, you know, I was feeling a little bit down on myself for a little bit. And a quote here is, each bout of self-doubt is like a dark cloud. But remember, even the darkest clouds break, revealing the sun. We're all going to have these moments, whether it was from an injury or a setback where we face some self-doubt, right? For me, am I going to be able to come back and be as healthy and as athletic as I was prior to this injury? What am I going to miss out on by being injured for six to eight months? But taking a step back to say, you know what? Some of the other lessons I've mentioned earlier in the podcast, my mindset, my proof, right? I'm going to stack this proof that I can come back better than anybody else could from an Achilles injury. And so I went to physical therapy twice a week. I would do work on my own on the side to start rehabbing my Achilles. And sure enough, as I went into the physical therapist week after week after week, they continued to say, Luke, you're progressing at a faster pace than we see most people. And was I surprised? No, because I was putting in the work. I was overcoming that self-doubt at the beginning of my injury that maybe I won't be back to where I was to I'm going to be back faster than anybody can. Now, I see, you know, Aaron Rodgers get the injury and he's back within four to six weeks. But, you know, I also didn't have a million dollar surgery and probably some stem cells. So five to six months before I was back, feeling great. But the lesson prevails, right? You're going to have these moments where you have the self-doubt. You can either soak in the self-doubt or you can take it as an opportunity to say, you know what? I'm going to get through this. And my actions that I take from this will allow me to move forward effectively. Lesson 15 this year was from episode 15, where we talked about turning failure into an opportunity. And the quote from this episode is, failure in and of itself is not a bad thing. It gets a negative connotation, but failure is an opportunity. As the quote says, often failure gets a negative connotation. You fail, it's bad. And I think this prevents a lot of people from taking a lot of risks. If I look at my own year, my own entrepreneurial journey, right? I started a real estate investing business in February this year, right? And then the market took a turn for the worst. And as a result, the plans I had for that business did not work out. And I had to put that on hold. And to me, that was a failure. But it was also an opportunity, right? If I didn't get started, I didn't learn the process of starting a business, even though that one did not go well. I wouldn't know what to do for business number two. 
And if business number two doesn't work out, business number three, right? And so instead of saying, oh, it was a failure, yeah, sure, maybe it was on the surface, but it was also an investment in knowing the things that I didn't know before, right? So if you're facing a failure, look at it deeply. Is there an opportunity within that failure to learn, right? What can you take from it that will allow you to be better moving forward? Moving on to episode 16, this episode was all about my experience through fatherhood. And my experience is not the same as everyone else's. Everyone has a very unique experience as a parent. For me, my journey through parenthood has been largely as a single parent. Me and my daughter's mom, we split up when she was 18 months or so. And through that, I've had a very specific set of experiences. Gone through a lot of grief, realizing that the family life you dream of as a kid, family unit, that's no longer there. Realizing that no one's coming to save you, right? No one's coming to save you when it's it's you and your kid and you're you're kind of on your own. You have to figure it out. And realizing that you get half the time, right? I split time with my daughter's mom and I mentioned this in this episode, but you split 50% of the time. 50% of the Christmases, right? It's tough. We all have different experiences, like I said, in parenthood. And for me, parenthood, it's it's not perfect, right? It's It's not about perfection. It's about learning and progressing and growing all along the way, right? If I look back at myself at 26 when my daughter was born, I was, I had no idea what I was doing. No idea. I was just surviving at that point, right? And now if I look back, I've learned a lot, but only through going through it. So as parents, it's easy for us to get hard on ourselves, right? Say, oh man, I, I messed up there or I shouldn't have, have yelled there or, oh man, yesterday I spent too much time, you know, on screen time with my daughter. That's going to happen. That's part of life, right? Give yourself a little bit of grace because nobody has it all figured out. I know I certainly don't. And all your kids want in life is to have a relationship with you, right? Through the first probably 10 years of your life, they just want to be best friends with you, best friends with their parents. Mom and dad are the heroes of the house. And so lean into that, be the hero, live it up. Cause it won't be long before they just want to spend time with their friends. Middle school happens quick and they're in high school and college and they're gone. And they'll come home, but times are different. So live it up. Be the hero that they want you to be. Lesson 17. And this was about letting go of ego. And the quote from this episode was, true strength lies not in asserting our own perspective without question, but in our willingness to listen, accept, and grow from the diverse perspectives around us. And this is a tough one, right? Because we all inherently want to protect ourselves. We all want to win in life. And this can be on display as our ego, right? So we get into certain situations and our ego can take over. For me in my personal career, I get into a lot of situations where I'm in intense conversations with my clients, right? And there can be some frustration from the client side. And it could be easy for me to voice that frustration right back and try to win the confrontation. But that's my ego speaking. Set the ego to the side. Validate that the person you're interacting with has a certain level of frustration. And then work through it. The same can be said for a relationship. If I look at some of the relationships that I've had in the past, I wanted to win an argument. And for what? For my ego? Yeah, certainly. I think so. But you don't you don't win an argument. Neither side wins. 
And so being able to take a step back, put your ego to the side, hear out the other person in the moment, and reacting calmly is a superpower, honestly. And you don't have to bend over and say yes, like power of no, right? Go back to that lesson, right? You can set a boundary, but you got to know how to do it tactfully. You don't have to do it with your ego. You can do it and say, you know what? I hear you. I hear you. Let's sit on this for a little bit. We'll come back. We'll chat about it 24 hours from now, right? That allows you to then come back and talk about a certain situation without egos in the heat of the moment. And just that simple thing that I've been able to deploy in my life more recently has allowed me to be more effective in confrontation. The next episode was with one of my friends and former college football teammates, Brock Malcolm. And this was a really great conversation with with Brock. We've lived a very similar life, he and I. He is also a single parent who has a daughter. She's a little bit younger than my daughter. But we talked a lot about some of the struggles that we've experienced and how voicing some of our feelings and being vulnerable and open and talking about the things we face as men in this world can help other men and other people in general, right? Because if if we can talk about it, there's someone else who's probably dealing with the same thing would allow them to feel more open to talking about it as well. And a good quote from Brock was, <clears throat> there's an airplane analogy. You have to apply the oxygen mask to yourself before you can help others. It's important. It's easy, especially as a parent, to sacrifice everything for your children. I've been in that position where I was the best dad, doing all of the right things as a parent, but not making time for myself, not making time to eat healthy, to go to the gym and work out. And so as a result, I was starting to wane in my effectiveness as a parent. You have to apply the oxygen mask before you can help others. That applies to everything in your life. Are you the best you? Then allows you to then go be the best dad, the best son, the best husband or wife, right? That allows you to be the best to everyone else around you. Moving on to episode 19. This was an episode with one of my close friends who lives in Boise, Elliot Hoyt. He owns his own real estate brokerage, THG Boise. This is a really great episode. We shot this episode in person over at Elliot's studio. Super fun to do a podcast in person. Really looking forward to doing more of those this year. But a quote from Elliot is, the journey is more fun than the actual result. This is so true, right? Elliot has gone through a lot in his life. He grew up in the UK. He came to the US to play at Boise State on the football team. He went through his his struggles and trials there with different coaching staffs and being put at the bottom of the depth chart and climbing his way up to be a starter. You know, going into a real estate career, struggling at first, having some points of self-doubt, and then coming out on the other side, being a top 30 under 30 realtor having great success and opening his own real estate brokerage. It's a testament to never giving up and enjoying the journey along the way. He came over, he could have quit at football. He didn't. He started his real estate career, he could have quit. He did not. Now he's jumped into his own real estate brokerage and he's quickly becoming a very well-known face within, within Boise. So the biggest lesson I learned from, from Elliot is when you try something new, whether it's a new business, whether it's a creative venture like a podcast, be convicted in what you do. Have complete conviction. Because if you don't, something will knock you off your path. Next, lesson 20. This was from my final episode, episode 20, the one I did last. This is all about finding your purpose. And a quote from this episode is, your purpose has to come first for you and your partners has to come first for them. This is from Jay Shetty. And I think this is such a, a great a great 
lesson for the year for me is what is your purpose? I think we all navigate through life with different thoughts on, on what our purpose is, right? And I think early on in our lives, we get pushed with this idea of picking your profession and your profession will be your purpose and your purpose is your profession. And it kind of gets looped into this, this loop, right? You, you think that whatever job you end up doing, that will be your purpose. And more often than not, we see a lot of people get you know, into their career and they realize that's not really fulfilling to them. And so they go and do something different. And so for me, as I reflected this year through my injury and coming out the other side and starting this podcast, you know, I didn't know what my purpose was specifically with this podcast before I started. I didn't know what my purpose was in general, right? I had gone into my career knowing that I wanted to be challenged. I was money motivated and all of that made me who I am. So certainly would not change anything about my path. But as you get further along, right, you become a parent, you go through these different life experiences, you realize that maybe your purpose changes over time. And so for me, as I reflected on my purpose at this point in my life, I want to share. And I want to help others share as well. Talk about experiences that we've gone through. Talk about lessons that we've learned through some of the highs and lows of our lives. Right? This podcast is one forum, right? But conversations with friends, talking with people that maybe haven't gone through something I have, but they want to learn and vice versa. The more you're able to share experiences with others, the more you're able to build that community of people that can open up and talk about what they're going through. And to me, that's so exciting. And so for me, as I go into 2024, that's my purpose. How can I ensure people are able to share what they're going through? I can share what I'm going through and we can build a community that grows and learns together. 21 here is time management. And I learned this from an episode with Rob Deerdeck who came on Modern Wisdom with Chris Williamson. And he talked about the way he schedules his time. And he went through this long story of his life, how Obviously, Rob Deerdeck has had some success in skateboarding and he's been on different TV shows. And that's kind of how we all knew him. But he's gone through a transformation over the last five to seven years where he realized that he was also living too fast paced of a life. He was partying a lot, drinking a lot, and didn't want to keep living that life. Living a little bit chaotic. And so what he did is he hired somebody to help him time block his whole life, track every single minute of his time. And not to be restrictive, right? There's still blocks and where you can have some freedom. But building in the structure of your day to allow you to be successful. And taking that philosophy, as I look to my 2024 goals, I realized that I needed some additional time in my day to be able to achieve those goals. And I didn't know where I was going to get it. So what I did is I sat down and I said, all right, this is how much time I need to sleep every night. This is the time in which I'm going to be spending time with my daughter, quality time. This is the time where I'm going to be eating my meals. This is the time where I'm going to be at the gym. Here's some free time to spend with family or friends. And writing out every single minute of time, every week, and how can I get time out of that? I was able to find 25 to 30 hours every week of time that was lost time that I could take advantage of to focus on my goals for 2024. So as you look to build out your goals for 2024, I urge you to do the same. We often think, oh, I just don't have time. Are you sure? I thought the same. I thought I didn't have time in my life to go do X, Y, and Z that I want to do. But 25 to 30 hours, that is a lot of time to focus and build your goals.
So I urge you to time block. Just start with a week. How can you create consistency in your schedule, still allowing you to go to the gym and do the things you want to do, but find the free time and don't fill it up with social media scrolling or watching Netflix. Use it to focus on your goals. Next is lesson 22. And this is all centered around attachment styles. And as I was reflecting on some of my relationships that did not go as planned this year, I started to learn more about attachment styles in relationships. I learned about anxious attachment style, somebody who is more of a people pleaser, tries to avoid confrontation to keep the other person happy, uh, thinking the other person will leave them. Avoidant, somebody who doesn't want to talk about their feelings as relationships start to get close, they start to run away because they don't want that closeness and they're not able to feel that way. And then there's a secure individual who doesn't have either of those issues. And so as I was able to reflect on my own experiences, I was able to identify some of those different components within the relationships I've been in that helped me then say, okay, now the next time I get into a relationship, I'm more able to easily identify those different attachment styles. With those attachment styles, it's often related to experiences that you had as a child, right? If there were certain instances where maybe you were trying to keep your parents happy when you were a kid, that drives anxious attachment styles in relationships. Or maybe your parents didn't allow you to cry as a kid, right? Didn't allow you to voice your emotions. You might be an avoidant individual in relationships. If you were able to voice emotions and you're able to kind of let your parents do their thing when you were a kid, you'll probably have a secure attachment style and you don't have either of those anxious or avoidant problems in relationships. About 50% of the people in the world are secure and then about 25 and 25 are anxious and avoidant. And if you don't have that knowledge going into a relationship, it can often be difficult because maybe somebody has a different attachment style than you. Maybe you're secure and someone is anxious. Maybe you're avoidant and someone is anxious. And so equipping yourself with that knowledge going into a relationship will allow you to drive more intentional and educated outcomes. Lesson 23 from this year was all about reflection and goal setting. A few weeks ago, I spent a few days up in a mountain cabin to reflect on my year and to set goals for the next year. I wanted to get away from the hustle and bustle of everyday life. I wanted to just get out there and be by myself for a little bit. I think for us, it's often easy to overlook a lot of the things that we go through in a year and we just set kind of arbitrary goals for the next year without fully reflecting on what we went through this past year. And so for me, it was sitting down and saying, all right, these are the things that I did really well in 2023. These are my strengths. Also writing down areas of weakness, things that maybe I failed at, didn't go that well. And then based upon all of that, how can I shape my 2024 to help maybe overcome some of my shortcomings? and continue to build upon my strengths. And so that's what I did. I sat down and each day I, I started off with the reflection. I then built my goals and was able to really come away with some strong takeaways for 2024. And when I was looking at my goals, the important thing was first starting with a vision, right? And for me, I used age 35 as kind of a, a target. Where do I want to be by the time I'm 35? And for me, that's about three and a half years from now. And backing into all the actions I need to take to get there, right? And the further years out are still pretty high level. But as I get closer to the current year, it becomes a lot more detailed. And really not focusing on the how of, of accomplishing that, right? We can get stuck in the minutia of the how and blocks us from just creating a vivid vision. But focusing on what? Once I have that detailed vision, then I can say, all right, for my 2024 goals, what are the detailed action steps I need to take? And in some cases, you may not know what those steps are. When it, maybe one of the first steps is I need to go meet with a mentor 
or an expert in this field that then can allow me to shape what my following steps might be. If you're looking to plan out your 2024 goals, I urge you, take some time. Reflect on 2023 first. What were your strengths? What were the areas of weakness? And use those to build your 2024 goals. Now, I have a few bonus lessons here as well. So I want to go through those now. The first is feedback from others. And this all comes because as I started this podcast and it started to get passed around and shared, I started to get some hate and hate from people that I thought I could trust. Maybe not friends, but close acquaintances, people that I've had strong relationships in in prior years. The funny thing is, is none of them actually came and talked to me about it and gave it to me face to face. It would come through the grapevine. Oh, so-and-so said this about you. And at first I was a little bit hurt, but as I reflected on it, I realized feedback was coming from somebody that one, I did not aspire to be that person. And two, they didn't tell me face to face. So the lesson I took from it was if the feedback is coming from someone you do not aspire to be, take it with a grain of salt. If I don't respect or want to be the person that's sending the feedback, the feedback is not important. Right? If it's a person I trust and they say it face to face, that's a different story. But a lot of the times it's not that. It's the people that want to tear you down because they're jealous of something that you're doing that they never did. Don't let that get to you. My second bonus lesson is around inner work. And, you know, if you were to look at me a year ago and compare it to today, I'd probably look pretty similar. I'm around 200 pounds. I'm decently in shape and probably wearing a baseball cap. I know that I have changed a lot this year, but a lot of it was not on the surface. A lot of it was focused on inner work. And I know that I'm a much better person today, right? There were a lot of things that I faced in 2023, whether it was my Achilles injury or something else, where I had to take time to reflect, face up to some of the things that maybe I had pushed off from the past, whether it was traumas I've experienced, shortcomings, you know, internal mental barriers that I had never tried to overcome that I faced up to this year. I found new paths forward. And all of that inner work, while it doesn't show on the surface, I know it's going to set me up for success in the future. So if you're somebody who went through something similar, where, you know, there's not a lot of difference on the surface with you, but you know that you put in a lot of inner work this year, it's going to pay off. It's going to pay off. Think of it like a seed. You're planting the work, you're planting the seed of inner work this year. You made the change. Keep watering it and it will pay off and and blossom this year. The last bonus lesson here is love those that love you. You know, this year there were times when I was chasing a relationship, chasing a friend group, chasing things that were unhealthy to me. And during some of those phases, I lost sight of those that really loved me. It's easy to get distracted in this world. And for me, the biggest lesson I learned this year was this, love those that love you. It's better to have a small group of close friends and family than a huge group of people that are acquaintances and will stab you in the back in a heartbeat, right? And there were a very small select handful of people, friends and family that helped get me through this year. And you know who you are. Couldn't have done it without you. And if you're going through something similar, just remember, love those that love you. Because when you do, life is better. And 
it's easy to overlook that sometimes. But it's always there. That wraps up the episode here, our last episode of 2023. I appreciate you all for joining me this year. First year of the podcast, a year I'll never forget. A lot happened this year, a lot of transformation. We learned a lot together. And I'm excited for the future of the podcast. We have some great episodes upcoming, some guests this year that I have on the slate. Really excited to continue to build out this community, continue to share your stories, my stories, and build a group that can talk about and share as we move forward. If you'd like to be a part of a future episode, you can reach out to me at luke at greatness-blueprint.com or reach out to me on social media at lukewin, that's W-Y-N-N on Instagram. Let's make 2024 the best year yet through all the highs, the lows, and the in-between. And as always, stay on your path, stay inspired, and above all, stay great. We'll see you soon.